welcome to episode 112 of the Ask Achieve show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and nutrition. <laughs> we're, your <laughs> we're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today we'll be discussing to arch or not to arch during the bench press, addressing adductor pain, and whether or not squats and the leg press machine are interchangeable. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show. What is up, achievers? Just a little rusty on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we're still not convinced that nutrition is the third word. It just doesn't have that oomph that yeah. we need. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Um, I'm also pretty allergic today for some reason, so it was tough for me to say burning. It came out a little funny. Like, the whole thing was a little bit off, but uh, we're, we're going with it. Yeah, because we're, I think that the episode itself is going to be good, so yeah, we, we can only go up. It was him. just a very authentic opening yeah. just of what the reality of the situation is currently yeah we don't even think that like we're that things are always perfect <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a greater life lesson in that initial <laughs> opening segment <laughs> uh, awesome uh, we're both a little bit delirious even though kendrick got eight hours of sleep last yes, night yes i think we one stretch i think one time we celebrated like his quote-unquote first night of like sleeping through the night and then it was preemptive because then we realized it was actually from his like four month vac- vaccinations <laughs> and that he wasn't actually sleeping through the night. But last night he slept from 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. Crazy part is, is like amazing. when we're looking at the baby monitor, he's just thrashing about and it looks like a scene out of a horror movie. It actually like, looks he's terrifying. Like, it's like, it looks like an exorcism or something. He's just like going back and forth like crazy spastic movements. That's um, kind of how I sleep actually. That's true. It's that's actually very true, and you always happen to take the covers along with you. <laughs> uh, but he slept through the night. But we're still a little, a little bit delirious currently. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a rough couple of weeks leading up to this magical night of sleep. So yeah. um, I think one night of sleep doesn't make up for like two two weeks of lost sleep. But we're we're plugging we're away. Hanging on, we're, we're hanging yeah, on. We are. Okay, so let's get into the question. So the first one is from Avida L S H O three O five. And she said, to arch the back during bench press or not to arch the back? This, this is a very common question. Hot topic. And uh, hotly people debated. People really worked up about this one. It's true. Um, so what we recommend is a moderate arch. Nothing too <laughs> of aggressive. Of course, we're going to be as diplomatic as possible. <laughs> a moderate arch. Uh, the reason for this is because if you get yourself arched up, so getting your chest up towards the ceiling, all it does is it places the shoulders in a better position to press off of. So if your chest is up, your shoulders are able to kind of depress down and back into a more stable position to lift heavier and heavier weights off of. If your chest was completely flat, your lower back was completely flat, more than likely as you lower the barbell down towards your chest, your shoulders would end up rounding forward instead of staying down and back. When they round forward, it's not necessarily going to hurt your shoulders, but over time, it could potentially put some excess strain on them. And then after months and months of bench pressing like that, you could potentially start to gain some some strain and some shoulder pain and stuff like that. So Yeah, and we, not only that, but it's actually just like a weaker position to press that is as true. well. So if you're looking to improve your bench press numbers and like to keep getting stronger, pressing from shoulders rounded forward is going to be much more difficult as the, as the weight gets heavier yeah, than absolutely. if you have a good solid like shelf yeah, your shoulders down and back. Definitely. Now, if you are competing in powerlifting and like that's it's a very significant goal of yours to increase your bench press, then it would behoove you to get your <laughs> chest up even you higher. Uh, 
to get your chest up even higher because it shortens the distance between the barbell and your chest. And the more you can do that, then obviously the more weight you can potentially lift. Um, so that's one reason why powerlifters will get such an aggressive arch because they want to be in a more advantageous position by shortening the distance between themselves and the bar. Yeah, but I think that when for everyday lifters, sometimes we will see people arching and we think like, oh, I'm supposed to arch my back. But we yeah. don't if we don't actually know the reason why or the way to get into that position, then we're just doing it arbitrarily and it tends to be coming from the lumbar spine, from the lower back. Totally. And yep. when that happens, that isn't really actually effective because you're just arching for the sake of arching, not arching as a result of, like Jason was talking about, getting your chest up and your shoulders down and back. Yeah. And so we don't recommend just going, like laying on the bench and then arching your back. Yeah, exactly. Like that's not the way to get into it. The way to get into it is lay down on the bench, take your shoulder blades and kind of squeeze them toward each other and then down toward your opposite back pockets. And when you do that, even if you do that sitting up, if you squeeze your shoulder blades back and then depress them down, you're going to notice that your upper back gets really tense. You get a lot of tension there and you do end up getting this little bit of an arching going on in your back. Um, but it's kind of throughout your entire spine. It's yes. not located in any one part of your back. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, we'd really recommend taking a video of yourself bench pressing from the side and making sure that the arch is what we call a more globally extended pattern, meaning that your lower back is contributing to the arch, your middle of your back and your upper back are all contributing equally to the arch. What ends up happening is a lot of people, especially if they're naturally sort of extended like lower back extended postured anyway they'll tend to get the majority of the arch significantly in the lower uh, in the lower back area so we want to make sure it and almost it basically looks like an arch right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, instead of having one segment that's really um, um, significantly extended yeah. so yeah yeah so to answer the question yes arch we do think that there's a benefit to an arch but have the arch be a result of getting your shoulders into a good position and have, make sure that the arch is global. Yeah, and it, it really it's a matter of priorities. A lot of people are like, oh, that's, that's gonna be really bad for your back, but a moderate arch, especially when your back is totally supported by an actual bench, is going to be, um, it's gonna pale in comparison to the potential stressors on the shoulder mm. um, if the shoulders end up rounding forward, which they almost definitely would if your back was completely flat on the um, on the bench. That's a really good point because we talk a lot about not overarching the back during a back squat. Um, yes, because that's yeah. a common thing we see is people arching a lot during a squat. The reason that we don't want that and the reason that that could be considered not great for your back is because you have the load of the bar put like going down your spine, yes, right? Yep. But with the bench, the load is not on your spine. Your spine is completely unloaded yeah. in the bench press. So you, you really don't have to worry about like that arch in your back isn't, it's not taking any weight. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 There aren't any significant forces on your spine in that exactly. position. Yeah. Cool. All right. Awesome. So the second question is from Akieli87. And they said, what could I do against adductor pain? This so, is a, a good question. Yeah. Adductors um, are like inner thighs. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good, good point. So yeah. Adductors are your inner thighs. Um, you know, with adductor pain, you have to be a little bit careful. So if you have some sort of groin pain... Um, you want to make sure that if it's been lasting for longer than a couple weeks or so, you, you, you should go get it checked out just in the um, unlikely event that it might be a hernia, it might have some sort of uh, um, 
some sort of connection with lower back pain and like nerves and stuff like that. So you, you just want to make sure that um, it's nothing more nothing more serious than actual like groin pain. Um, but there's so many different mus- muscles that kind of cross over in that area that there's a lot at play there. Um, but I wanted to talk about it in terms of just like, let's say it was purely just a muscular issue and the reason why it was a little bit giving this person a little bit of grief is because they were doing something that potentially aggravated it and the tissues weren't quite ready for it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like the most common thing of just like you have a certain amount of tolerance um, and whatever you were doing, the activity that you were doing exceeded that tolerance and now you have a little bit of pain. So let's just say it's that scenario. Um, you know, I think first and foremost, what we typically recommend is gentle foam rolling. So we don't go in with like spiked balls or like those <laughs> vibration balls, like just just a standard foam roller and just put very gentle pressure on it, nothing too crazy, um, just to get a little blood flow in the area and just to get a little bit of soft, soft tissue work. Um, I wouldn't do this like directly after like an actual groin pull. I, I'm only talking about like you're getting a little bit of like an irritating sensation in your groin and you just want to get at it a little bit, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, not like you went out and played hockey and like yes. pulled your groin. <laughs> yes, like exactly. that would be very different. <laughs> yeah, that in that case you would want to rest it a little bit. But right. um, in this case, just a little bit of gentle pressure I think would actually be good. Um, and then from there, just very slowly and conservatively, like just like we always talk about, and systematically starting to load it more and more. And um, it's the reason why we actually po- uh, we're actually creating a, a, a video on our Instagram channel. So be on the lookout for that in the next day or so. Um, and we have an outline of exercises where we slowly progress someone from literally just raising their leg in adduction, which means using your adductor to lift your leg up off the floor, all the way to stabilizing in a side plank manner where the leg is um, where your top adductor is supporting your entire body in a side plank position, all the way to a lateral squat. So we'll post that up in the next day or so, Um, but that's generally how we would go about it. Just very slowly progress through so that we increase the capacity and increase the tolerance so that when you do whatever activity you're doing, it won't aggravate it because the tissues are much stronger and much more resilient. Yeah. And what do you think about um, like the balance between stretching the area and strengthening the area? Because mm. adductors can be one of those areas that tend to be really tight for a lot of people as well. Yeah. I would say in this case, I wouldn't static stretch it, just mm-hmm. like holding a stretch. Um, but I would potentially recommend just going in and out of stretch in a more, um, not I want to say dynamic because we don't want to be too aggressive. Just, yeah, just active to kind of go, go right up to the point of stretch and then come back, go right to the point of stretch and come back. Um, do this like in a kneeling, like the open, um, half kneeling, like adductor rocking. You want to explain that? Yeah. So that, that, that one way that we do, uh, we get into an all fours position and then we stick one leg straight off to the side. So let's get, let's say that you're in all fours and you straighten one leg off to the side Um, your right leg. And then from there, what you do is you slowly push your hips back towards your heels. And then we have you come forward. Now we might have you do that. If you have some groin pain, we might have you just go not all the way towards your heel with your hips, but we might have you just kind of like touch just to the point where you start to touch the, uh, the stretch a little bit and then back off and then do it again and back off and do it again and back off. And then over time, that sort of irritation will go away, especially as you do this, these strengthening exercises and you'll be able to go further and further in that range. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, some just some gentle strength and drills that we'll link up in the show notes um, on our Instagram page. Cool. Yeah. All right. And then the last question is from St. N. And they said, do squats and leg press work out the same muscles and in the same way? You want to take this one? This is a great question. Um, so the leg press, she's referring to the leg press machine. So this is when you're lying on your back and you have your feet up on the kind of like flat um, mm-hmm. surface and you're pressing weight away from you. Yes. Right? So um, the idea behind that machine, behind the leg press machine, is to simulate a similar, like similar effect to squats. Yes. Right? The idea is that it's targeting similar muscle groups. So you are definitely working the quads. You're definitely working the glutes and the hamstrings and the calves. Um, all those things are coming into play. The reason that it is different is because you don't have to stabilize at all. Um, you don't have to use your core at all. Yes. So, and that's kind of the, the really the big, the big differentiator between the two. So you would be able to, with a leg press machine, most people are able to press a lot more weight than they're able to squat. The reason for that is because when you're squatting, you have the bar on your back, you have to stabilize your spine. Whereas when you're lying down and doing the leg press machine, you, your spine is stabilized by the floor or yep. by, the, by the bench. And so all your focus is on your legs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the reason that we... Like, there's benefit to doing the leg press machine, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can load it up heavy. You can, If you're really targeting your legs and you're trying to do that, you can definitely do that. Um, we like squats better as a functional exercise because it's incorporating your entire body. It's helping, like, using those stabilizers is very helpful in everyday life, right? Yeah, so, so, yeah. Yeah, so if you're doing a back squat and the bar is on your back, you're getting a lot of loading throughout your entire body. Um, so not only are your legs in play, but your entire upper back, mid back, lower back, core, your whole trunk basically is contributing to the movement and you have to coordinate things in a very coordinated fashion Mm -hmm. along with your legs. And so that means not only will it help to develop more lean muscle mass, but also help to develop coordination and that sort of strength that functional strength will have a lot of carryover to other exercises that you do, whether it's lunges or step ups and things like that. Um, and deadlifts as well. Um, if you do a leg press, you know, your, your muscles will get stronger. Um, but for the most part, that skill basically just transfers over into getting better at the leg press. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, and so in terms of like programming all this, the, the, the place that I can see where leg press, um, has some merit is basically towards the tail end of a workout. And you basically want to overload your legs. You've already done, let's say, squats or deadlifts. You've already done lunges and Romanian deadlifts. And you want to continue to work the legs, but now you're a bit fatigued. So now this is where um, leg press can enter the situation where it's you can still heavily work the legs, but it, it's, a, it's a much less fatiguing and less intensive exercise because you're literally just laying on your back while using your legs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means that it can be a very effective um, let's say C1 exercise, like your third superset of the day um, or something along those lines. So that's that's where we would apply um, a leg press if we had a leg press that achieved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't have one just because we try to, like for the most part, we try to only buy equipment that is used for like multiple, multiple purposes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> And exactly. that only has one purpose and it takes <laughs> up a lot of space. So it doesn't seem to be super advantageous for us to have. But, exactly. Um, but yeah, if you have access to a leg press and you want to use it, that's definitely how we would recommend using it. I think a lot of people do use it as their main lift um, because, and I, I can see where that, 
could like come into your mind is like, oh, this should be my main lift because you can lift you can lift so much weight. Yeah, with very it, true. Right. Yep. So you might you might be like, oh, well, that's the thing that I can do the most weight with. So that's what I should do first. Yeah. Um, but we always feel that you should do the thing that requires the most technique and kind of the most like central nervous system intensive um, yeah yeah, like that's what you should do first because if you do anything else before those things then your central nervous system is more taxed for those things and that makes it um that makes them a lot more challenging and you can't really do them as well yeah yeah definitely um yeah and really just goes for any of those sorts of like machine-based exercises that really take stability out of the equation um I think uh, people like to demonize them a lot, but you know they have their time and place, especially if your goal is primarily aesthetics and you want to really significantly target a certain area. I think they're totally fine at the very end of workout. Like even like a leg extension machine, like we have one at our the gym in our apartment and I've, and I've been using it towards the end of my workouts when I'm just like really tired, but I know that I could do maybe a little bit more. Um, I won't go and do like squats i'll do some leg extensions and that's just an easy way to get some extra volume in some extra work in and um yeah so nothing nothing against machines they they just need to be prioritized um in a certain manner to make sure that you get the full benefit out of it yeah cool cool all right well we have anything else for today those were kind of a quicker those were all of our burning questions do you have another like topic of discussion you want to bring up uh, you know, I was actually going to discuss um, the the another hotly debated thing, uh, my deadlift setup. Oh yeah, let's discuss this it. This was um, <laughs> the yeah the last the last two deadlift posts that I've uh, put up on our channel. Um, there's been a number of people that have basically been asking um, some more negatively than others <laughs> um, why my hips are so low. Some people have just been like, I'm just curious, which is really nice. And we appreciate being like, yeah. hey, can you explain this to me instead of being like, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> which a lot of people which were saying. Which a lot saying. of people were saying. So basically, in a deadlift, what we want to see is we want to see your hips below your shoulders. So we don't want your hips to be above your shoulders, which means you're in a very high hip hinge situation. And it just puts you at a very disadvantageous position. It's almost a Romanian deadlift, but even more. Um, We don't want to see that. Uh, The other thing that we don't want to see is your hips to be below your knees, in which case it turns into more of a squatting movement. So anything in between those two extremes is totally fine. And all all it's uh, dependent on is based upon your um, uh, limb length to torso ratios. And everyone's built a little bit differently, which is why we can't recommend you have to be at 105 degree back angle like you there's so much more room for for, uh, flexibility there and then secondly it has to deal with uh, mobility considerations as well Um, and so if you have stiffer ankles more than likely your hips are going to be a little bit higher if you have a little bit uh, more mobile ankles then you your hips might be slightly lower Um, but again as long as you fit between those two extremes you're totally fine so if you're a high hip injure or you're a low hip injure um, don't worry about what people are saying in reference to your pulling style. As long as the bar path is staying vertical, like there's really nothing to uh, go against it. Yeah. So Jason's hips tend to be lower. Uh-huh. Um, they are lower. Yes, and definitely. But they are still above his knees. Yeah. And he's been pulling that way for a long time yep. without ever <laughs> get it. Knock, knock on wood. I don't want to like jinx you. Yeah. But without ever injuring himself or doing anything like nothing extreme has ever happened. Yeah, yeah. You. Deadlifting the way you deadlift because you've actually spent years and years and years finding the position that feels the best to you. Yeah. Right. And so it's just kind of like silly that people are like 
you're deadlifting wrong when you've spent, I mean, we think about this so much more than anyone else, right? And we yeah, spent yeah. all this time, like every time we deadlift, we're like, hmm, I'm going to try just changing this a teeny bit and seeing if this feels better. A teeny <laughs> bit. Like we make these micro changes constantly. It's been now like probably 15 years since you've been deadlifting and like you've found a, a position that feels really good. Yeah. And then we're, it hits all the parameters of a deadlift. It is safe. It's effective. Your armpits are over the bar. Like all of these things are are in place. And so it's just kind of, it's, yeah, it's, it's funny that a lot of people jump on it. And I think it's just because they've been told or they've read or whatever that there's very specific angles that you're supposed to try to yeah. achieve. And when, what happens with that is people try to morph their bodies into angles that were achieved by somebody who had a completely different body type from totally, them. Totally, yeah. And then people get hurt. <laughs> yeah, and it's so. funny. Um, we've also gotten some uh, some of those same types of criticisms for uh, Ted for his Olympic lifting demonstrations. Oh, yeah. And he's doing with like <laughs> 65 pounds or something like that. And like, I mean, Ted's going to um, the Arnold this coming weekend um, for the to American compete. Open to compete at a national level. Um, and it's just funny, like the, the remarks people will make like, oh, he needs to push his head through more. He needs to lock his knees out more. And so basically the reason why I'm bringing this up is because you, you, uh, some of you that are listening out there might also be gaining a lot of this sort of like internet coaching from random people uh, and to not worry about what they're saying, just find some experts. Hopefully, you know, we're in that category that you trust and just follow the guidelines that those people are saying and don't worry about what all the other internet coaches are saying because they're coming from a place where they either only train themselves, so they have a sample size of one, um, or... They're just or like, they read one book that yeah, said yeah. one thing and they took exactly. it as like that's it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or yeah, or they haven't trained enough people to yeah. realize that not everyone fits a textbook definition right. of what form is. Right. So yeah, just wanted to throw that out there. That's a good good little topic of discussion of discussion. Wow, that was hard for me to say. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I believe those are all of our answers to your burning questions for today, plus a little bonus. If you have any questions of your own, you can send them to us at Achieve Fitness Boston on Instagram. If you like the podcast and you wouldn't mind leaving us an iTunes review, we'd be very, very grateful for that. And until next time, peace, love, and, and muscles. muscles.